Hey girl, hey. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me well? Yes. I have my AirPods in, so just double checking. Ah, got it. I didn't see that earlier. I have to use the wired ones just so I make sure that uh, it it takes this Yeti microphone um, over the AirPods here. I was thinking, I was like, when was the last time we saw each other? It's been like, did we see each other during Christmas time? I don't know, man. I can't remember. Oh my I feel like, yes, but then I couldn't, like, I just remember walking from the structure that I parked in by a working place. Yeah. Yeah. Was that that I think that was during Christmas time then? Jeez. I think it was. Yeah, it like, was. It's been like four months then. I wish oh, we my- could hang out more often than we when then we do, but unfortunately I live in Hilo. <laughs> Busy. Busy. But when we do hang out, we make it count, right, Chanel? <laughs> I agree. I agree. So I always start off thinking how how we met each other or at least the earliest memory. And I I I don't know if you remember, but like I don't actually remember like the first time we met. I I almost want to guess it was during a meeting of us like mind minded workers to to all the listeners out there, to all of our million listeners out there. <laughs> Chanel and I were like the same, um, not at the time we met, but we were basically like the same position for our own respective like parts of the department so that's how we we were technically co-workers by way of working for the same state department but we were never actually co-workers like had the same boss even worked in the same like actual office office we just worked in the same building but yeah I just remember like there's this new girl coming and we're like in my head anyway taking bets it's like how long is this one gonna last because there's a small you know this story Aria. there's been like this short revolving door of people and that and that's by way of promotions or leaving for whatever reason I think we were all just kind of like excited for this new girl but also just like how how long do we give them how long (laughs) were you still in break I was I was oh my gosh that's right not oh for God, long yeah. though I think no no not for long not for long when you say when I when I myself got a promotion because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the majority of time that I got to know you was in you were already in DCA yeah the other division that I was in yeah and I think we always kind of shared like the same trials and tribulations of work even though Again, we had the same title and I don't think we were even doing the same kind of work because I think every division like has their own unique needs to it. But mm-hmm. this person will go unnamed because they're not worth it. But there was this one person who would just be bothering us as if this person was our pseudo boss and also not the best writer, I think. In my opinion. By far. By far. And yet found ourselves having more on our plate than we ever had in the past because I felt like basically we were doing this person's job, half their job. And we were both kind of like, if we're doing your job, what are you doing? <laughs> I am busy. Exactly. I don't know about you, but I am busy. <laughs> I love how we would talk to the director and had asked, you know, in order for us to be a fill-in when this person would always go on vacation which seemed like half the year 
and we would have to fill in for them like you know it would be nice to get procedures or like a list but then made us write it when we don't even know what they are the procedures no. oh my god we kind of shot our ourselves in the foot there we asked for procedures and i don't know how we had to end up writing it ourselves i'm like does that make any sense to anyone i don't think so like what so i think we kind of use it as an opportunity to like well this is what's gonna be done. like We're we think it should be this professional development which was like no <laughs> and what's funny is i think at that time I was either in the middle or wrapping up my master's program and I had already written something like that, like for class, but we were allowed to use, it can be for like work in, 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 they let, allowed us to double dip, you know, like it can be a real document if you want it to be kind of thing. So I just kind of did it for my own office and I just kind of took parts of it and, and helped put it in the procedures there, you know, and just like, Oh, okay. I guess luckily I, I had already something set up cause it was like an assignment a while back. And I was just like, we just yeah. got me and face this, I guess. Thank God you had that. And it was great. Cause <laughs> I was going to do nothing. <laughs> I was going to protest. Like I asked for this. Why do I have to do this? Right. I'm asking right. cause I don't know. <laughs> exactly exactly we're like how are we supposed to write this document when we're the person actually asking for said document i think you can all tell just like the frustration i feel like it's a little triggering that it's coming back to <laughs> hey at least you have like physical distance i'm like i do have that but it's not as wide as i would like my current boss um floated the idea of all of our com specs like rotating on the um bigger end like the all the state PIO meetings right right and I, was I like, remember having to go to one <laughs> you're like do I though <laughs> yeah. like, I'm pretty sure I'm busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into that because you know my podcast is is it's really welding one in the same of like academia and career because for me, that is, is going to be the same thing, I hope, you know, by the end of this. So I always find it fascinating, um, you know, others people's journeys through their career and usually through their career is through schooling. And I always thought yours was interesting. The one thing that I learned about you was your bachelor's is not like in the field of communications. And here you are finding yourself in the field of communications, but your master's is. So walk me through that journey of you know, deciding what your bachelor's was, and then ultimately deciding, I think I've already told my story of how, what got me to go into my master's. And, you know, what's your story of having one major as a bachelor and then completely flipping it and changing, which is what I ended up doing from my master's to my PhD. So I feel like there's some parallel here, but walk me through that. It was so interesting. I had this conversation with my, my boss today about how, because um, we're, we're actually in the process of selecting summer interns which is bomb by the way you've done that in the past I have but this is a whole new like DLIR internship it's it's a new thing that's going to be done through DLIR it pays $20 an hour wow I was like that's more than like our clerk gets <laughs> our office but that's really good anyway. for an intern yeah yeah um so we're we're going through these intern applications and before we would ask, like, you know, what major are you planning on going into? But it's funny we asked um, because 
none of us on the panel and the interview panel for the interns like ended up in the career that we like majored in but um i think nanea might have been the only one but like the the degree we originally started with what we wanted to be it was completely opposite i thought i wanted to do like architecture because it was like the culmination of art and like thinking but making money you know what i mean <laughs> Then I realized really quickly that you needed math, like high level math and physics. And I was like, hell no. So quickly like needed to shift gears, didn't know what I wanted to be. So I kind of went into USC undeclared. I got this idea of like going into law school in my mind. I'm like, okay, you know what? The one thing I can do is argue. <laughs> <laughs> I can write and speak pretty darn well. So why don't I try this path? Um, and that kind of led me to political science but political science at USC is one of the smallest majors so I actually double majored um, political science and American studies and ethnicities it was kind of a cool blend because my poli sci like we didn't have concentrations back then um, but I ended up taking like a lot of ancient Greek political thought classes so I had all that these, is like, so random I know but it was so interesting right like <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, all my and I totally forgot were... about that. That you're also an American studies major, which was me. Mm -hmm. I was like a double major in American studies. I know. <laughs> anyway, continue. I, I loved it. It went hand in hand with poli sci actually really well because I had my ancient Greek political thought with poli sci, but I had my Asian American modern day studies with American studies, and I really got into like Asian American identity, and that's what I ultimately did my honors thesis in my senior year on. Um, but at one point I did have a communication design minor and that was an interesting degree because it you had to take art classes which I was in the middle of taking and you had to take communications classes in the communication school at Annenberg and I decided to study abroad and didn't want to delay my graduation <laughs> so I dropped the minor to study abroad and good loved. choice I, like don't yeah don't regret it art was really hard I stupidly picked the one art class where there were only art majors and minors so these people like got cherry picked into the art school and I'm like great great <laughs> great <laughs> <Yeah>. for me <laughs> and the teachers like were like Chanel you have great ideas but you can't execute as well as these art students who are art majors I'm like yeah well duh I mean, she gave me some credit because a lot of them, like we, we did the whole, um, I mean, your stick doing... figure is cute and all, but like, <laughs> look at this Rembrandt happening over here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it, it was totally like that though. Cause we like would work on our you know design, sketch it out and we would put it on the wall and everybody would have to go around and like see everybody's art and critique it and whatever. And then you would go and like, it, it was during the art process. It wasn't just the final product. So a lot of people would see my sketches and ideas and they're like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, so I've got positive critiques in the design process, the actual execution. I'm like, oh, that looks familiar. <laughs> and they did it like three times better than I did. And I, I only really had basic art classes in, in high school. So I, I can't say I'm gifted in execution. <laughs> <laughs> ideas though, got them ideas. Um, but too bad, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't make it as quite, like, I, I struggled in college, so I think college level art was a little too intense for me, even though I was in the middle of getting all the art credits, 
I was like, oh, you know what? And I did the, com the communication courses too. I was in the middle of doing those too, but um, a lot of my classes like kind of counted as dual credit. So I was trying to get on that path of graduating uh, on time or early if I could, but I just couldn't make it work. So I didn't want to stress myself out too much in college. In the end, um, did I tell you my law school story? Like why no. I didn't end up going, oh my God, you're going to have so. a hoot. Oh so, no, let's go. I, I purchased the LSAT practice um, course. I think it was called Blueprint. And it, it, it was like, I paid for it out of my pocket. I think it was like two grand. I took an LSAT practice test. I think I took like an LSAT practice test on my own just to see how well I would score. And I scored, I'm not a good test taker, mind you. And I, the score I got though, like was good enough to get into USC School of Law. So I was like, okay, not bad. Nice. Every subsequent practice test I took with the course was worse. So <laughs> in the beginning, it's normal, right? You're learning new strategies. It, your timing is slower. You're not answering as many questions. But the instructor knew I was coming to class because I sat in the front and I was one of the only names he knew. So he would call on me. So he knew I was doing my homework because he would call on me. I showed up to class. I did everything I could. But for some reason, the practice tests were literally getting worse and worse and worse. And it didn't get better. And maybe a week or two before the actual test, I like talked to the instructor, like, what is happening? What should I do? He's like, honestly, if I were you, I wouldn't take it because it's not like SATs. Like sometimes law schools will see every time you took the LSAT and mm. what your score is and average it, like you don't want to do bad on it. On an official test, you don't want to do bad. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't know what to tell you. And we were talking like we were having a little heart to heart. He's like, maybe this is the universe's way of saying like, just don't do it. And my friend, one of my best friends who was um, in San Fran at the time was like, hey, we're going to go to Disneyland. Do you want to come? And I was like, oh, that's the weekend I'm taking my LSAT. But after I had that heart on heart with my instructor, I was like, I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> I, I already paid for taking the test, but I skipped it and went to Disneyland and got drunk. It was great. <laughs> you never told me that story. That is so funny. And how many years was it between your bachelor's and your master's? Were you like deciding I'm going to go back for my master's and it's going to be a completely new subject? It was four years. That's not bad. So you worked yeah, a little bit years. then. Yeah. So in my admissions essay for my master's degree I wrote about my experience and how um, every position I worked subsequent to college I found the importance of communication and in every position I was in I just found the significance of communication and, and perception and how like you write about other things and how people perceive what you're doing based on what you're communicating and when I worked for Senator Corona's office, that's when it really like became clear to me that communication was something I was really passionate about and something I wanted to pursue. Um, I had great mentors who talked about communications and who were in the field and were encouraging me to do more. But I would I felt like I didn't have the education background. I, I might have had some experience, but I didn't have enough of a background for them to give me more responsibilities when it came to communications. They were very happy to keep me siloed in the areas I was in, which was more administrative. I was with 
Senator Crono when she had that nickname of Lazy Maisie. And I was so pissed because we worked so hard. I mean, I rarely took time off. I, I don't think I really took that much time off the entire time I worked for her. And I started with her in the house and we were doing double duty when I was working as a congressional staffer during the day and then would help with campaign at night. And I, I felt like we worked so hard. We try to really make a difference in people's lives. You know, I, when people came to us with their problems, we really did work extremely hard to see what we could do to resolve it. And on an individual level, on a community level, on a statewide level, I just saw how hard we worked and um, how passionate Senator or at then representative was about certain things. And I would get frustrated when I would see criticism, like she's not doing enough. She's not reaching out to us. I'm like, we are. <laughs> and sometimes I was like, you know, a newsletter would solve this. If we just communicated what we did, who we met with, what are we working on? You know, how can you help to, to stakeholder groups? And I learned in that office that whatever we do is news. We don't need to push to be in the news because whatever we do is news. Good or bad. Good or bad. <laughs> Sadly, you have um, to push the good stuff because the, it, yes. the bad stuff's easy to get press for. It's, oh, the, it's, it's right. the good stuff yes. that you have to like beg to get like media attention. I wanted to do more. I wanted to communicate and, you know, find strategies, strategic ways to reach these important stakeholder groups, or at least strategic ways to get our message out there that we are working on it, that we do care about this issue. But, uh, you know, they were very happy just to keep me doing paperwork <laughs> and like ethics and HR things. And I, I was like, I'm willing to do more. I was young. I was hungry. I wanted to like, really, I was ready. I, what work was my life still kind of is. But I wanted more. They didn't want to give it to me. And in my mind, it was like, it's not that I'm not capable. It's just I don't have the background, maybe. So here I am, as I was working for Senator Crono, decided to get my master's degree in communication management. That's how it's I almost like, yeah, the same. Like, I guess to oversimplify is, you know, um, career advancement. That's why I did yep. it. I was like hitting a ceiling or um not that I was bored I was like is this it is this like my whole life until I retire with the state you know and I just think I, I was content but I don't know if I was like fulfilled and so I was like maybe a master's will open doors or break through the ceiling somehow you know um, especially since we were doing a lot of work starting to do a lot of work for somebody that's not our boss and so I was like who does um, not have the higher ed degree exactly but I'm sure this person would mouth off tons of reasons why you don't need one to be in this position because look at me you know it's very much <laughs> oh. like oh I really think you should do a spell check yeah. no it's fine no one reads it anyway I was like then I'm at a loss of why we're putting out a news release isn't that <laughs> literally literally why you put out a news release because like, we don't need a wordsmith anything another triggering word we don't, need a wordsmith. we don't need a wordsmith everything I'm like but we're communications that sort of just be automatic you know I don't know it just to be lazy about it you want to talk about being lazy that's the definition of being lazy I thought and just we always, we talked about this or just like, it's so shame to, aren't you ashamed of the work you put out? And this is out literally out there for the public. It should be nothing short of perfect. And when you make mistakes, you should put out a retraction or a correction, a correction. 
And this person would be like, no, it's fine. You don't need to put out. Okay, like well. a whole last name spelled wrong. I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. Um, I'm just like, if we're trying to push out good news, you know, and somebody's name is spelled wrong and we want news media to pick it up, you would, th- you would want the news media to pick up the correct name. Just yeah. Or even just lack of spell check. And then when it goes out in the media, it has the brackets with sick on it. And we're just like, that's, mm. you know, they, they corrected it for you. I mean, what is formatting, right? What it, oh, another triggering. Put, put, put that in the procedures. Didn't we try like a whole templated document of like, oh, yeah. we did, we did. We like made templates for a news. Oh my God. See, just going back to mm-hmm. <laughs> templates because we didn't get any. Because it was styled wrong. We saw that like this division's doing this, this division, which one is correct? And the answer was just do whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Oh, clearly you're doing whatever. It's very clear. That you're doing whatever. <laughs> my whole thing is like if we're doing this to get this in the news we should make it as news ready as possible sure news uses ap style use ap style (laughs) i never understood why we didn't use there was an answer for that too oh my god and i only feel like the real answer is because this person just simply did not know ap style period i mean or lazy or lazy both yeah who knows they just didn't want to google ap style i mean god you know, I still have to Google. <laughs> I know. No, exactly. If you have to question it, just because the bottom line is you want to get it correct. You need to come correct, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, you know, rattled up for like old shit that happened already. <laughs> okay, let's move on. So I feel like I'll let you say it if you want to, but you know, there's always this competition or always this thing in Hawaii about what school you went and then of course if you go to a public school or a private school that's one thing and more or less when you come from dare I say a prestigious private school here in Hawaii I'm sure it's debatable with other private school schools such as my husband's you know I think it comes with a stigma I don't know. <laughs> debatable it's debatable <laughs> but but my general thing is public versus private school right and yeah, I, yeah. I go into this too, because as our listeners don't know, is Chanel and I actually left the State Department that we were technically co-workers with pretty much at the same time. Didn't we have like the last same day yeah. of work, yeah. which is just like worked out so perfectly, however else you want to look at. But we literally left the department like literally at the same time. And both why well, actually moved on to nothing technically, but both move into the education space. You know, eventually I found my way there by way of a teacher, um, but you're there now. So I'd like to say, and I said this in an email just recently that we're all co-workers under this huge <laughs> umbrella called the department of education. So I still like to think that we're co-workers somehow, some way, even though we oh, don't, yeah. we don't even live on the same Island, much less the same office building. You're in the system. You're in we're, the we, are, we, we have the same. Yes, exactly. We have the same email uh, extension. It's a, it's a long winded way to get to this really long question of, you know, you as an adult, working as part of the public education system, but as a younger self of you growing up in the private sector, what is that dichotomy that you see and how has your views changed of public versus private and and this notion of 
And 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 it may, and sometimes maybe it's not wrong. Is you know private is better. You get a better education in private. And I see some similarities. I don't know if it's the word better. In, in my opinion, I just feel like it has more opportunities than than public. I feel like you know. And what is your take? Someone like you raised private school and now working for the DOE and 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 seeing it from an adult lens and you know from this lens of communication and and working with all of these. Um, public school kids being a private school graduate girl and it's funny I I attended private school my entire life from pre-k to to master's degree (laughs) it's all private but I write our public school proud section so public school proud (laughs) (laughs) um yeah you know it's so interesting you say that because just earlier today in the same internship meeting I was telling my coworkers, um, my parents should ask for a refund from private education we Why? talked about okay because we do a lot of writing and um some one of the interns really stood out to me because I thought she was a pretty good writer for a high school level I was explaining to my supervisor in selecting these interns like we've had excellent top tier interns every single year we participate in the program they've been outstanding but high school level writing can only like we can't the level of writing that we need as as an office like that we produce for the department it it can't really it shouldn't be achieved right by high school students theoretically the level of content that we're putting out and we're considered educational officers like we are at a higher standard it shouldn't be replicated by a high school student we we shouldn't expect that from a high school student. Sure. Yeah. So that's fair to say. even though we look, for, you know, even if they're a great writer, they're a great writer for a high school student. So that's what I keep. I'm like, we have to lower expectations, even though they're excellent. And this girl though, like this one applicant, I, I was like, I took a look at her writing. And I was like, that's pretty good. That's pretty like for a high school writer. And she's already into journalism. I'm like, she sounds like an excellent fit. I, we'll have to find things for her to write, though, that maybe is on a more, like, from a high school perspective. We find every time we do interact with a high school level writing, like, especially for a newsletter, we, I ha- we end up editing quite a bit of it, but we don't want to take away that student voice as well. So it's always kind Isn't of a Isn't that balance, right? the learning <clears throat> of it as a student, that they see mm-hmm. your edits, they see how it should be written. Isn't that like the whole point of, you know, having interns so that they can see how it's done, the level of writing. And then eventually the hope is that their, their writing is even elevated further and ready for college, you know, especially if this person's going into journalism. I was laughing with my coworkers, like, well, I thought it was a fantastic writer. And then went to college was like, no, I suck at this. I was the same. (laughs) I was the same. I thought it was like hot shit going into it. And then my first paper, I got a C. And I'm like, why did I get a C? Our GE writing class for college. I was like, why am I struggling so much? Writing is like what I do best. This is worrisome, you know? Same. realize like I you know we are our own worst critics so I'm not as bad as I'm making it out and credit to my college professors for really working with me like again great ideas just for execution <laughs> that was the theme of college I guess. sorry to go back to your original question <laughs> I I was telling my coworkers like my parent like I should ask for a refund because 
I did not get that level of writing from that private education that we so expensively paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as a high school senior, I had a friend who had a uncle who worked at um, Georgetown admissions. Mm-hmm. And I always recall like hearing from him that if two applicants apply to Georgetown, one from a private school in Hawaii and one from a public school in Hawaii, but they had the exact same resume, same GPA, same SAT score, same extracurriculars, they would take the public school student over the private school student. Simply because it was public? In their mind, it was because they had to overcome more barriers to achieve the same things as that private school student. So that, you know, that really kind of shifted my mind too. Um, I do agree that the one advantage of a private education is perhaps more opportunities to do things. But in working for the DOE, I am seeing incredible students do really innovative things, sometimes student-led, student-driven. And sometimes it has to be because public school does not have these things handed to us on a silver platter like it can be in private maybe that's a dig to private schools but um (laughs) and I I and I now that I you I've heard your answer from that Georgetown guy it's like yes it's true we've we've had to work twice as hard to just be on par with the same like-minded student who probably thought it was like that was me doing half the effort I'm making Mm -hmm. you know like oversimplifications but the same yeah like they probably had to overcome much more than that private school student needed to to achieve the same results right and they made it happen themselves clearly some of the smartest people I know graduated from public school so in speaking with our experiences they really made it their own they really like some of it is natural they're just gifted you know what I mean so they're just smart people some of these students are just like go getters I mean it's insane how hard they work and I think having somebody be innovative and gifted but also work incredibly hard that's going to pay off no matter what scenario you're in whether it's private or public I will say too like public school barriers are a little bit hard like the nice thing about private schools is that they do have a little bit more flexibility and freedom there's not as much bureaucracy there's not as much red tape there there are they are independent schools in Hawaii they are self-governed like they have it's very easy to implement things and get things done and there's and a they big have money. the money yeah, yeah you just exactly said <laughs> right and they have the money flow to do it and they have a very strong alumni connection not to say that these public schools don't but it's you know so we're so reliant as a department on federal funding on state funding it's sometimes much much harder and it's very difficult to implement things on a statewide level every community is different we get that we can't we don't want to implement things on a state level that can't be implemented everywhere and that's the struggle we have with the ledge and the board like it it's they, they can't understand why we're not more similar in every school, but that's because the demographics are different, the communities are different, the resources are different. I, or what lack I will thereof. To, or lack thereof. Yep. Good point. I do appreciate, though, that public school teachers do need to be licensed. They technically are at, could be at a higher level in terms of education than private school teachers private school teachers don't need as much licensure like there is no licensure really I mean Mm -hmm. 
you would think that the pay is more competitive and that's what draws the talent to a private school, but public school teachers are more qualified, quote unquote, qualified to teach and they do need to be licensed. There's a lot more regulation on that end. I think teachers want to work private, not because of the salary, but because of the resources and support. And as you say, just less red tape to Mm -hmm. get something done. I don't think it's necessarily about pay, but I think it just makes their life easier if it says, hey, I need 60 red pens for class, I think it's just going to come the next day as opposed to, That's oh, true. we need to, we need to, you know, file this and that you'll get it by um, next quarter. And I'm like, well, I didn't That's need true. it. I didn't need it next quarter anymore as for this project. You know, it's just, That's oh true. yeah, a lot of, I've seen more because it's, it's just the the lack of support and not, that's not because principals don't support him. It's just, it just keeps going higher up the chain. You know, we don't have money. Yeah. We don't have resources, we, like, the yeah. funding. How do we split this up? You know, uh, all of that. To get 60 red pens, you need permission from like 10 people. And that, and that I mean, process the, takes a month. <laughs> it does. And I, and it's, it's frustrating at times, but on the other hand, I get it. Like we want to make sure we are being responsible with state funds with public funds. We want to make sure that it's being used appropriately. Sure. I get it. And fairly equitably, I get it, but it is frustrating when you like need something for your lesson plan. And that's why oftentimes, right. Public school teachers will just purchase things on their own. Cause it's just faster, easier. Yeah. I didn't know there such thing as application fees, you know, and I would have wanted to apply to other colleges just to see if I could get into them. But I had no intention of going to the mainland. Like I knew I wanted to go H UH. I wanted to stay home. And I was like, oh, it's a hundred dollars to apply. I was just like, what does that mean? You know? And, and then I'm like, well, this is also why I didn't apply to other schools, like pay all of these hundred dollars per school just to see if I could get in I was just like oh forget it I already knew I wanted to go to UH and stay home so you know that wasn't worth it but it would have been nice to see um if I was worthy enough to go to like these other like big mainland schools but I'm like I'm not paying that application fee just to see if I'm worthy of it you know and so you've mentioned it how you went to USC another private school on the university (laughs) level and you know, what made you decide, you know, your college choice when when you graduated? I got into private school. I can out myself. I went to Punahou and <laughs> my um, I originally got in on a scholarship. Um, but all of a sudden, I think in high school, um, their scholarship qualifications changed. My parents did not make more money. In fact, they probably made less money as I got older. Um, due to just different reasons, but I no longer qualified for financial aid. Um, Like thinking back on it, I think they changed regulations to make more athletic scholarships. So anyway, I'm not bitter or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. um, Right? Uh, It's so funny. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there when we talk about like alumni pride. But anyway. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. (laughs) My parents were unsure if they could afford to send me to private school and, and continue to send me to private school in um, in high school. So they sat me down freshman year and said, look, like we were saving for your college fund, but we, like, we, we need to make a family decision here. You know, do you want to save for your college fund or do you want to stay at Punahou? And what high school, like what kid doesn't want to continue going to the same school they've already been at and already have a community of friends. I mean, sure. I told my parents though, like, if we can't afford this, we can't afford this. Like, I'm not, I'm fine. Like, if I have to go to 
public school. I am fine with that. I already and, and what public that. school, what district did you belong to? What would where would you have to go? Roosevelt, which is hilarious because my significant my significant other <laughs> went to Roosevelt, <laughs> same grad year. But oh, I was in a condo, right? And I knew other people in the condo who went to Roosevelt. So I wasn't intimidated. I like I, I was fine with it if that was the case. But what's what's what student, what young kid really wants to go to a different school for high school? And um, I told them, you know, I'd want to stay. They wanted me to stay, of course, as well. But they told me, you know, look, if you stay at Punahou, we cannot afford to pay for college. So you're on your own. So they wanted to give me that heads up. Like, you need to go after every scholarship you can get. So from freshman year in high school, I already had this mentality of like, I'm, I need to do well so that I can get into college and get good financial aid you know that was my mindset for high school so really I was like an average student in middle school <laughs> well-rounded is what I like to say okay I, I had a lot of interests and hobbies and activities but I was maybe like a BC student but in high school when that family talk happened I like kicked my butt into gear when it came to academics and I became like an A student I I really became an overachiever, um, maybe burnt myself out a little bit too much in high school, maybe took on a little too much. My parents basically told me like, look, you're on your own for college, do what you can. So I knew like picking colleges, I have to pick where it's cheapest for me to go. And USC is a private institution, but they also have great financial aid. So I got the best financial aid package from USC and that's where I ended up going. But a funny story though, like Hawaii mail, right? I applied for, obviously I applied for every scholarship I could get. I had applied for um, a lot of West Coast schools and some East Coast, like very few East Coast schools. Funny you mentioned how you wanted to apply just to see if you could get in. Cause I kind of did that. Like I, even though I applied to quite a, I can't remember how many, maybe it was like 12 schools. It was still a big wow. number of schools. Yeah. yeah it's still pretty significant. Although some of my colleagues, my classmates were my peers, they were applying to like 20 plus Mm. colleges. Again, maybe it was because I did a lot of common app, (laughs) so didn't pay too much, but um, I did apply to an East Coast school just just to see. It was such a slap in the face when I got the, uh, I did get in, but when I saw the financial aid package, it was literally three hundred dollars I was like did you forget some zeros here did you send me the wrong financial aid package like it was one of it was Boston College it was one of the priciest colleges on the east coast and I'm just like um yeah three hundred dollars or maybe it was three thousand either way it there was no way that was a waste of ink on paper to even write me (laughs) that financial aid package (laughs) like I was like at this point I'm gonna just take this as a rejection from the college I mean I'm like look at my financial like look at my finances I did all the financial paperwork for my parents that was also part of the deal like you you're gonna go to college you're gonna do all the paperwork if you know all the FAFSA I had to fill out on my own they had to double check it of course but they're like you are responsible for going and financing your way through so I actually got a full ride to a West Coast public university, but it was past the date where you had to declare where you wanted to go oh. because it got lost in Hawaii mail. So I already declared for USC. Um, 
So I was a little bit bummed, but at the end of the day, no, like it, it worked out fine. Um, proud Trojan, fight on. I'm glad <laughs> at the end of the day. You know, You're like the went- second Trojan I know. I used to work with this guy, one of my first jobs, and he was like, like he's super like <laughs> alumni pride and like football season. Like he loves watching college football. And so it's like always like going to the USC games kind of thing. And I just never understood the pride of college until now. My sister teases me of just like how much pride I have at UH. And I go, I don't know why. I just like, I, I, I get it now. I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain it. I just like get it. I'm just like, I have so much UH pride. It's, it's a little shameful. But going back to like private schools, having more resources and stuff, it's um, my husband applied to, I think maybe like, I don't know, five, just like a small handful. And he applied because they just waived it. Um, I guess they had like, you know, come, come to their school. I was, first of all, I, like I said, I didn't know about application fees. And secondly, like, (laughs) is my public school going to waive them? No, (laughs) you know? And so it is a harsh, harder road to, to do it. Right. And, and, um, Uh um, I wasn't going to pay a hundred dollars per application fee. That's just probably minimum. I'm sure application fees are probably more than that for different schools, you know, just to see if I, could get in you know because that was already like this mind-boggling thing I was like why would they charge you just to like fill out a form like I didn't understand I, I probably still don't understand this idea of application fees but <laughs> let's just call it a processing fee people let's just call it what it really is you know but um yeah it's just again this like inequity you know happening for um private versus public you know and but we just never really had this college prep kind of thing as in our school anyway and 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 to think about um your finances or where you want to go what you want to major maybe it's changed since since I've left I feel like now that they do like pathways and all that kind of stuff I feel like maybe Mm -hmm. um that's slightly more career driven though but you know what I mean it's just I don't feel like I got any of that like help or guidance Mm -hmm. going into college I felt like I was just really on my own and having to figure it out just got sent this video of like a girl I think it was on TikTok a girl talking about there should be a phone in in one location and everybody has to share it <laughs> but like <laughs> it's a landline yeah it's a house phone <laughs> yeah and you can go broader and like that's what it's a pay phone it's called we don't have those anymore but <laughs> A phone booth. Oh my God, we're so old. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know a landline. They don't know what a landline is. They don't know what a phone booth is. Oh you you God, know what's funny? Phone. My my cousin's wedding was just this past weekend, and he's he's like fifty one, so he was just like straight nineties jams, hip hop and R and B, nothing else, right? And then the band Ten Feet was playing because like I, apparently they were friends. Yeah, so they were playing like the old school jams too, and like oh, Ten man. Feet was huge. And so I was talking to my early 20 something cousins and I'm like, why aren't you on the dance floor? Like, you know, like I figured you guys should be the ones, you know, dropping it like it's hot here. And they're like, I have not heard one song tonight that I recognize. (laughs) And it hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so true. They're like, I literally like don't know any of this music. Like, I don't understand. And I was like, 
oh yeah well this is not for you then you know just sit your ass down then you know what I mean? just like <laughs> I mean like the buffet <laughs> yeah I, yeah exactly I so I was just like I, I guess in my head it's like you don't really need to know the songs to have rhythm to dance but I guess you would appreciate it enjoy it more if you knew the songs but um sure. I forgot this huge generational gap I, I'm still recovering but I, I lost my voice the next morning like my voice was shot Sunday morning and I'm like, why is my voice, like, how did I lose my voice? And my husband's looking at me like, because you were like singing at the top of your lungs to like every single song. I was like, oh yeah. Oh. Like I was literally like <laughs> top of my lungs, like karaoke okay, when it's not karaoke. Okay. Just sing. you know, when your jam comes out and like all of it was like old school, nothing new. It was just like all 90s, maybe late 80s. And it was the best. No ice spice to be seen. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I was just like, this is great. Oh my God. It was such a great wedding. But just to kind of juxtapose like young and old right now. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Back in our day, you couldn't necessarily apply online. <laughs> no, I and now you apply online. That's right. I yeah. like literally mailed in like the application forms and you have to make sure you had all your ducks in a row and then it makes sure it fit in the envelope and it's probably going to cost more than the 35 cents this is before forever stamps kids um they're like what's a stamp um yeah you know when the postage was 35 cents the struggle was real for applying for colleges then so I mean did you know that you can barter I I did I think I did know this that you could barter your admission packages like you can go to one college and say hey I know you gave me this financial aid package but this school also accepted me and gave me this financial aid package. What are you going to do about it? Like you can negotiate your financial aid package. And so oh. I don't think I did that when I got in like admissions wise, um, but every subsequent year, the financial aid office certainly knew me because I was there every, I think every semester even just to negotiate a better package for myself. Um, and Oftentimes, I was successful. When you do better in college, it is easier to negotiate more financial aid. So every year, I negotiated my package. And I don't know if kids these days know about that and that ability to do so. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Wow. Mind blown. But Mind blown. But this is what I always told, like, what taught my freshmen um, when I was teaching high school was I think when we were in college, they were always preaching and not, not college, high school was preaching college, college, college. You should go to college. You should go to college. You should go to college. And I think somewhere during the Facebook era, um, you know, that sort of change where it's like, Hey, you don't have to go to college to, you know, be a successful, um, entrepreneur or business person and that ideal change. But I also believe that college is not for everybody. So I oh, always 100%. told my freshmen that I never pushed them for college. I was just like, make your choices, you know, like, do you see yourself going to college? Okay. If not, what are you going to do? Are you going to go straight into work? Do you want to go to community college? Do you want to go to technical college? Because if you're not going to any kind of school, then you need to listen now because this is the end of your schooling. This, If you're not going to go to college, this is it. You're, this is your next four years of schooling and that's it. You're going to go into the workforce, right? Because I think... The point, at least for our CTE department at the high school I was teaching at, really preached that we want them to be tax-paying, contributing economic members of society by way of work, right? We mm -hmm. don't want them to be on welfare or, you know, pooching mm -hmm. off of that. So to me, it was like, okay, if you're not going to go to college, then tell me you're going into the workforce. You're going into the military. That's great. Just 
do something, have a plan for something after high school. It doesn't have to be right now because you're just freshmen, but think about it. And if your answer is, I'm not going to college, I'm not going to the military, then this is it for schooling. Your next four years, this is it. So you actually should be paying attention more than everyone else because you're, you're not going to go further your education. So this is the all your education you're going to get in the next four years, you know? And for them to break down where they want to go is hopefully helpful. I mean, I'd like to think I made a difference. You know, I all those say you did. <laughs> and what's funny is there was two of us teaching that split the freshman class. And it's weird because the other teacher went more SEL, which is social mm -hmm. emotional learning for those who don't know what SEL <laughs> is. Um, but I went more toward financial literacy because I just felt like it went hand in hand with this career thing that we were going into. So I, I, some days, usually on Fridays, because we were, I had to follow like a lesson plan that was given to us. But on Fridays, because we rotated, I got to do something on my own. So on Fridays, I did like financial literacy and like, okay, you're working now, you're making money, a paycheck's coming in. What kind of stuff? How do you want to spend this money? Let's make a budget, right? And then I go look at this over time, we showed, look at what your career says you make on average, look at your budget. Does this match? It's your, what you make should be more than what you what you spend. If not, this is a problem. You have two choices, make more money or spend less. Which one are you going to do? And I hope I showed them that, you know, you can't just ask mom and dad for that flashy new iPhone that costs money. And look, where are they supposed to put it in this budget of electricity, um, food, water, gas, you know, Netflix, you know, where, where are they supposed to, where are they supposed to find that money to buy you a new phone? And I think those, those lessons were a bit more eye-opening to mm -hmm. the kids. We're like, Oh, 100%. because 100%. I don't think they understood budgeting and that's fine. No. They're freshmen, but I was just trying to show them because I just went hand in hand because it works together, right? You work. So what? So you can spend money, but how then are you going to spend their income that you got? So I really yeah. tried to, I felt like it just was a natural kind of way to, yeah you know, totally. lesson plan. So, and what I'm so appreciative now, like I think back when you were teaching and under our former superintendent, um, the big direction of the department, probably from the board or whoever, whoever it was there, there used to be, I think it was 25 by 25 or something. It was like a big push to go to a four-year college. It was college, 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 but now it's a lot more of a focus on workforce development, which I see makes so much more sense, like you're saying. So at Punahou, we were, it's a preparatory college academy. So, you know, the expectation is that you go to college. And the majority of my classmates did go to college, a four-year college. But I look at how much debt I have, even though I got great financial aid, I still went, I still felt like I needed to get a master's degree, more, more in debt because of that. Mm -hmm. and even though I worked full time while getting that degree, as did you, I dedicated at least seven years of my life to that education. Make less money than my boyfriend who went to HCC, got a welding degree, and is now a licensed plumber. I'm just like, why didn't somebody tell me about trade school? <laughs> I'm yeah. working with my hands. I can do plumbing. And he's like, yeah, the um, guys in the office who do the logistics the logistics side have the same benefits make the same pay I'm like I can do that <laughs> yeah life's just not fair like that I feel like they misled us on the dream oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. and you know 
military is such a valid option. And sometimes kids feel like it's the only option they can do, but it's such a great option that they don't realize. Like there are things you can do with that. There are big benefits of going into the military. Okay, well, let's look ahead. And I think we've had that sort of this conversation before. And, you know, are you considering a doctorate or not? And then I think you you kind of said, but then not is um, pursuing that um, JD later in that law school. So what are your plans or non-plans right now in, in terms of your own personal advancing your own education? I've always said that if I could like be a forever student, I totally would. I so <laughs> I I've said it on this podcast. If I could be a professional student, I would. You know, if I could somehow get paid yeah. to just be a student, right? I love learning. I love classroom settings. Like I love knowledge and just setting. Yourself. I love that idea and being in a school setting, kind of more or less being forced <laughs> to learn. Like, but I I would get countless degrees if I could. Also a benefit of the military if you go that route. <laughs> but I I always wanted to get a PhD or an, specifically a JD, even an MBA. I've always thought about that. I did get a master's degree similar to an MBA, but I thought about like, do I want to actually go get that MBA? Um, financially, I just don't think it's in my cards. Like, I don't know if I can truly afford giving up my current job position, especially for law school. Like all my friends who had gone through it has have kind of advice. I asked them, like, do you think it'd be worth going to night school? Do you recommend just fully immersing myself into the on-campus full-time pathway? And they're like, yes, if you have the choice, I would just go to law school and not work. Like go full-time to law school because you'll get the most out of it. You'll get all those extracurriculars, like um, mock trial, like those kinds of experiences you'll get as a full-time student. And they said law school in particular, like especially if I'm changing career paths, I'm not already in a law field, it would be more beneficial to go that route. But I don't know if I can do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would need a sugar parent because I am not biased against gender. I would need a sponsor to be able to afford that. And um, basically, yeah, like I, it all comes down to money for me. What's so uh, funny is what your friends are describing is like, I'm the walking like example of that. Not just not um, it for law school, but you know, for me to just be a full-time student, just the opportunities that I've been able to get because of it, like, being a graduate assistant within my own department, no less, and just working with my own professors is like, I could not be able to do that if I was, you know, full-time. And then, um, you know, being able to have these opportunities, luckily, again, within my own program is like, I think teeing me up, hopefully that if that's what it's supposed to do, pay dividends in the future, if, you know, I ever want to like teach in within this department, you know, and I think, that was sort of the goal for me or still Mm -hmm. is the goal for me. So to take that risk to not work full-time to be a student full-time was definitely something, but 
um, you know this, I've done the cost analysis for a, a public school teacher, by the way, and end up being even because I get paid as a graduate assistant, you know, luckily, like I have a second part time job too. So that kind of helps. But just to be able to just just do this and and the PhD is so hard in the first place that I commend all my other cohort <laughs> mates because I'm like, I don't know how you're working full time and then like still doing the classwork because the classwork to me is almost a full-time gig. Like I'm just constantly, my computer is my best friend. Like I'm just on it all the time, but it also sounds like you're still enjoying your career in communications, in education, which is I think awesome and how we still be able to um, call it, call ourselves coworkers still when yeah. in the DOE. I I mean, for the most part, I'm super happy. I, I I do, I think there's always days when there's like some, um, especially when I see what you're achieving <laughs> and doing, I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to go back to school. But I, and you keep telling me you would love it. You would do so well. But I'm like, and my, my friends are like, you know, you could do law school. I could see you doing it. But I just, you know, I love knowing that if I really wanted to, I could. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, I'll finish out with two questions for you is where do you see the future of education and what do you want to see for the future of education? Two different things. Ooh, ooh. Those are deep questions. I was not prepared. I didn't get notes ahead of time. Um also I already asked for the refund for that public private, excuse me, private education. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell you based off the board strategic plans in the next six years, but you know, do I see it really, I mean, on, on a certain level, I see it going where the board wants it to go. And of course it's very lofty goals of this like high efficient operating department and high quality teaching and, you know, making it equitable for all. Like I, I on a certain level, yes, that's every department's hope. Um, I, I do feel hopeful with this new superintendent. I, I agree with his vision. Like I, I'm very happy that we've moved in this direction of it's not just college, right? There are valid, very good other options than just college. And I, I'm glad that we're moving in that direction. I definitely hope we push that more. I actually really love the career pathways. I think it's such a great idea for students at a younger age because it's in high school, right? The CT, the career technical education is high school, but they're even doing it in middle school. There's even some elementary schools that are doing some pathways. I, I like it. I just feel like I've heard that, you know, once you pick one, you're kind of stuck in it. And I don't think it's fair that if they've seen that it's not for them, I feel like they should have the freedom to move, but then it's made, it's made difficult to move because it's so stacked on one, but that's how yes. I was seeing your story from college and my, my, not mine, but maybe my sister's story from college where she thought she would go into pharmacy school, took one biochem class and was like, fuck this and went into business, nope. which is two <laughs> yeah. different things. And now you want a kid to choose even earlier in high school. I didn't know what I wanted to be in high school. So I don't yeah. mind the pathways. I just think it needs, they need to make it easy for them to change their mind because now they're stuck and yep. they're just going to be miserable in high school. And yep. that's not fair to them either because that's not I something totally they want to do. And they're still finding themselves, but I think they should have a choice to dip their toe in something. And I've always told mm -hmm. my freshmen this, knowing what you don't want to do is just as important as what you want to do because you're just kind of shortening the list. And I would, and they would and like, miss, what do you mean? I go, 
I know I don't do blood. I don't do blood. I don't do gory stuff. Like I'm not doing anything in like the medical kind of field. No, uh, not period, you know? And so I can take all of those career choices out, right? Which is an entire CTE path, right? All the, mm-hmm. it's like, that's a hell no. And then all of those like construction, not in this industrial kind of like, that's a hell no too. What do I have left? You know, and um, keep going from there. So they're like, oh, okay. So um, that's one way I, I kind of help them narrow down, because especially those like, I don't know, I don't know. It's like, well, what you mm-hmm. absolutely don't want to do then, you know, you can shorten your list there. Totally agree. And maybe that's where I would want to see. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's the value in having the pathways at a younger age. And perhaps that's where they would dip their toes per se. So by the time they're in high school, they already know what they want to do. And they're working to get that education needed to excel in their career beyond high school in that pathway. So I, I see the benefit of having it at a younger age, but I, I do agree though, kids change, people change. I mean, yeah. what you are interested in, I was, I was talking to my clients about this. Like I wanted to be an um, anthropologist and not anthropologist, archeologist. Mm. I wanted to like dig up bones and like, you know, be in across the world and just discover things that people haven't discovered before like dead people with my little brush (laughs) I love tombs I I don't know why tombs really interest me I really like death I I find this is brand new information (laughs) I always wear black I'm attending so funeral every day (laughs) if you don't know I wear black like probably 95% of the time (laughs) it's suiting um but I I I don't know what made me give up that idea. I think perhaps there was some adult figure that was like, that's not a career. That's not a job. And, you know, couldn't see how my education would lead me to that path. So perhaps that's why I didn't pursue it farther than, and my parents were probably like, that's cute. Okay, what do you really Let's be want real. to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I would want to see, yeah, exactly what you said. The ability to dabble in everything, maybe. You know, see what pathways are there, dabble a little bit in what you might be interested in. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. I do find that schools do do it differently. And there's some weird combinations of academies out there. But what I like about that is that they're getting classwork in two kind of opposite fields. Just the other day, I think I saw engineering and media design or something in the same. Or was it like hospitality and agriculture I, I can't remember the but it's like very opposing fields but there is some sort of connection huh. you can take classes in both fields because they're in the same academy so in that sense I'm like oh that's innovative that's an interesting idea you can dabble in different things and see what you like but to your point though if if you quickly find out you cannot do blood it would be kind of hard to get out of that track already if you're not if you don't have that other option of that other academy choice that you're kind of paired with yeah hopefully we can get there to you know having kids think about it at a younger age so by the time they hit high school they're already confident in their choice yeah hopefully I wish I had that I wish I had that I didn't know I I didn't know till like my late junior year to declare something so in college so Mm -hmm. you know even then I I didn't know but anyway we're about to run out of time 
So I will end it here. Thank you so much for like talking story with me and like thank you for um, having me here. I learned so much about you that I didn't know. This is so wild. <laughs> All right, we will leave it here. Thank you so much, Chanel. And I will talk to you later because we are gonna hang out sometime soon. Yes. I just don't know when my flight It'll is happen. to Oahu. Yeah. <laughs>